0: Hi, I'm Hallie, and I want to welcome you to the Odd Life Podcast. That's spelled A W E D, which stands for Awake, Well, and Empowered. In this space, you're going to hear inspirational stories, candid and heartfelt conversations, as well as advice from experts, all with the intention of helping women like you live odd A F. Because I believe that the more of us that live awake, well, and empowered, the better this world will be. So thank you for being here and welcome to your odd life. Hi everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the odd life podcast. I am your host, Hallie. How's it going? Hope you've had a great week. Uh, I have been thinking about this topic ever since I heard a podcast episode last week about love. So I thought it'd be a great episode to talk about this week because it's Valentine's day week. Um, I have been thinking about some things I've been doing, some bad habits that have not been serving me very well. But this podcast episode I listened to kind of turned that light bulb went on and I was like, Oh my gosh, I think this is why <laughs> And so I wanted to share it with you because it was an aha moment for me. And I think maybe it would be helpful for you uh, to hear this in case you are doing the same things that I'm doing. So shout out to the urban cowboy for the title of this podcast episode, because it's what I thought about when uh, I was thinking of what I've been going through. It's of, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places. It was actually a title of a song from the movie. The Urban Cowboy, which if you're younger than 45, for sure, you probably have no idea what The Urban Cowboy is. And maybe even 45 is probably a little too young. I was eight when this movie came out. John Travolta had just started in Greece prior to this. And I think he was just a hot box office name at the time. And we watched it for some dumbass reason as an eight-year-old. But I was like, yes, I'm looking for love in all the wrong places. So let me explain what I mean by this. Uh, I've been doing some things lately that I know are not good for me, bad habits that have popped back up again. And I'm trying to figure out why, like, what, what am I doing? I know better. I can choose to not do these things, but I'm choosing them anyway. Like, what am I doing? And it was a podcast episode I heard last week. It was Mel Robbins podcast. She was talking to Jay Shetty. It's not that we struggle with love necessarily sometimes in our relationships. It's that we have a hard time receiving it. And I was like, wow, that really hit home. I think that's something that I, I struggle with. There's some reasons behind why we can't receive love. It could be past trauma. We could just be not used to it. We could maybe have been in, in some tough relationships growing up early on in our you know young dating life and and aren't used to receiving love. And so when we do, we don't know what to do with it. Regardless, it is actually really common for us to feel resistance when we receive love, whether it's compliments or affection or accepting help, you know, any of those types of things. And what I've been thinking about, about this whole thing is we can be loved like crazy people in our lives, our friends, our family, whatever can love us. But if we don't receive that love, well, we, we're going to still fill a void in our lives. We're going to have this hole like in our heart because we don't feel love because we're pushing it away or we have a boundary up or something's happening. And we can't bring it in. And sometimes we reach for things that aren't good for us to help fill that void. And what I've realized, it's like low hanging fruit. It's easy. It's a lot easier to do something that's not great for us sometimes than doing the hard thing, which is allowing people to love us. And that sounds so weird, but it's true. So let me give you the example of what I'm doing and maybe you can identify with this. And I'm sharing this because you may see yourself doing the same things or something close to the same and you've never thought of it this way because it was kind of an aha for me when I heard this. So maybe it might strike a chord with you too. So something I'm doing lately, I've been I've been binge watching this show called Call the Midwife. And well, I don't think it's a bad show. it's I'm spending too much time watching it. Like I'm not pacing myself. I'm not like as a reward for doing, you know, maybe the things on my to do list today, I'm gonna watch my show. I'm like doing it instead of the things on my list. So that's not good. Uh and I'm watching maybe more than one episode, just, you know, t- wasting time, procrastinating other things. But I love the show. It makes me cry. It makes me feel things, but I tend to binge on it. And I'm a little obsessed with it. So I'm not saying TV's bad. It's just, I'm not doing it and using it in a way that is helpful for me right now. Or I'm maybe using it as a poor substitute for what I really need, Right. Uh, Another thing I'm doing is I'm eating foods that have some sort of like past memory connected to them and a nostalgia. What I'm doing is eating things when I'm not hungry. That's not okay with me because it's giving me something again that I'm seeking. And I'll explain here in a second. And the third thing I'm doing is scrolling social media like it's my job. Sure. I do marketing on social media for my podcast and connecting with other people and and whatnot. And that's fine. It's when I have the unhealthy amounts of screen time and I'm scrolling at 11 o'clock at night, or when I'm supposed to be doing my podcast editing and I'm sitting down and I'm like checking on every social media account I have on my phone rather than get to work. What am I doing? Right. So I'm kind of sitting here analyzing like, why am I doing these things? I know in the moment, I'm like, I should not be doing this. I should be doing something else. So there's this feelings of shame comes up and I'm, you know, berating myself and and whatnot. So when I heard this from Jay Shetty is about, we have a hard time receiving love. I was like, oh my gosh, I think that's what I'm doing right now is I'm finding love in these things rather than seeking them out in in genuine ways and from actual people. So, and you can insert your thing. Maybe those aren't your things. Maybe it's, you know, two glasses of wine every night. Maybe it's, uh, same thing. Maybe procrastination. Maybe you are staying up too late. Maybe you are sleeping in too late, whatever. There's something that's not serving you in the life that you want to live. Right. And I think that they're always giving us something. We just have to figure out what it is that we're trying to get from them and then find a better way to do it. And I learned that from a a workshop I did 10 years ago. Almost 10 years ago, my friend Katie Denown, she was on the episode four of the podcast, and it was through this workshop. She talked about this. I don't remember which week we were in. But when we do things uh in our lives, whether bad habits or, you know, whatever, toxic behaviors or whatever, they're always giving us something. So maybe at night, that two-glass of wine habit you have, you're wanting to feel relaxed. Okay, so then the advice is okay, what is, is there's something else you could be doing to help you relax at night that isn't as harmful? And maybe that it's just going upstairs and get, taking an Epsom salt bath with some essential oils and reading a book or putting in, you know, just some music and meditating or whatever. So there is something that that habit or that behavior is giving you. So I had to sit and examine okay, what are these things giving me? And I looked at the TV show. So I'm looking at call the midwife. Well, I miss my kids because I've got one that's, that's out of college and she's living in a different city. I've got one that's in college and he's living eight, nine hours away. I've got another one. That's the last one at home and he's busy. He's a teenager. He's got his own car. He can drive and he's gone a lot. So it's a lot of alone time. Right. And I miss my kids. And, uh, so I think, Watching Call the Midwife, it takes me back to when they were little, that mother-child bond, that feeling of motherly love, that you have this unconditional love for your kids. There's kids loving on their parents. There's just like this moment in these shows that are just, oh, it brings back all those memories. And so maybe I'm trying to feel close to my kids by watching this show. Call the Midwife is a show that is set in uh, East End, London. It's in the late 1950s. Uh... There is a home called Nanata's house, and it's um where the midwives and the nuns live together to serve the community. The midwives and the nuns help run prenatal clinics, they help deliver babies, they do postnatal care, whatnot. and so they are living together so there's this, there's a sisterhood bond that's happening, friendships, and then there's also this humanitarian love that's happening within the community. Because this area of London at the time is not a well off community. It is people that have maybe blue collar jobs, or there's, you know, where the, the ships come in, it's dock workers, it's men that work on ships and are gone for, you know, long periods of time. This is a time of mothers staying home. And they, when they get pregnant and married, they stay home, they don't have jobs. And there's that whole dynamic as well. And at this time, there's universal health care. So, Things are taken care of. So there's this little this feeling of humanitarian love, humans taking care of other humans, uh, not at the expense of, right, money and business and capitalism and all those kind of things that kind of sometimes get involved in healthcare. So there's those feelings that are felt by watching the show. So my thoughts are okay. Again, like I said, feeling close to my kids by watching the show. It's helping me feel maybe a sense of sisterhood by watching the show. And then there's this humanitarian love that I'm feeling this, this people doing good things for each other in the show. So instead of sitting there watching a TV show, trying to feel these things, what if I actually did other things that gave me that? What's a healthier thing I can do to give me these things? So I can call my kids. We can FaceTime. I can send them a card and tell them I'm thinking of them and send, no, maybe a gift card, or maybe it is just calling them and asking them how their week is and just listen. Let them dump whatever's going on, on me and just be there for them. So, uh, then the other part, there's the, the sisterhood, right? Uh, calling some girlfriends, asking them to get together, whether it's coffee, go for a walk, uh, just call, get on the phone. I could also send a letter, send a, send a card thinking of you, anything. Cause what I'm realizing is that sometimes when we need something in our life, we have to go out and give it. And when just by giving somebody the thing you're looking for and needing, we can get that feeling. So rather than sitting around waiting, waiting, waiting for my friend to call me or my kids to call me, make it happen myself because then I can still get that feeling. I can still feel close to my kids if I make the phone call. I can still feel close to friends if I initiate you know, an activity or whatever. I can still feel that. Uh, I can volunteer my time somewhere to feel that humanitarian, like good works kind of thing. Me sitting here watching the show over and over and not doing anything in my life is not gonna help me feel those things. Like true, genuine love, right? So I'm recognizing that from the binge watching. The nostalgic food part. So let me explain. I it's two things it's popcorn. And it is, I don't know, whatever this popped up recently. I don't know what the hell, um, but it's like chips, these tortilla chips with cheese on top, melted cheese. It's simple, like the simplest nachos you can find. I've been making those randomly and like that came out of nowhere. And I looked at that and okay, what is that giving me? The popcorn. I remember my dad as a kid when he was home and he wasn't drinking and he was home for the evening and things were good, he would make popcorn at night. And he would do it's the whole stove top popcorn. You put the oil in the pan, you stir the pop, you know, the, the popcorn pops, you put in a big bowl, melt half a stick of butter on it, all that good stuff. My dad would always make extra. And I don't know if it's because he was home and doing it made me feel good, or just the fact that it made me mean, memorize me with the good times as a kid at home. But for some reason that brings up good memories. And then the nachos thing, I have a best friend that I met in grade school. We were best friends all the way through high school and beyond. And I still consider my best friend, even though we hardly see each other. We don't actually don't talk that often. But we, you know, we pick up just like that. But we spent a lot of time together when we were young. Her parents were divorced. My parents didn't have a great relationship and marriage. And so home life was kind of sucky. And we spent a lot of time together. And I would go to her house a lot. We'd watch Friday night videos. We'd have snacks. And one of the things we'd always would make would be like chips and cheese. So I think that's like there's something about that nostalgia part of, of home and joy and friendship and this, I don't know, simple time maybe, that I'm pulling back up for some reason. So I'm thinking, okay, what else can I do instead? I can maybe pull up some old pictures. I go back whether on my phone, go and, find, go and find actual photo albums, if I can dig them up, and look at old pictures. Remember the good stuff. like go back and find pictures that will help me feel nostalgic and joy and things like that. Maybe it's watching an old movie that, like, you know, goonies or, uh, I don't know, one 16 candles, and then maybe it's um, reading a book that I used to read as a kid. I have a couple. Oh, my dad used to read me Tiki Tiki Tembo," And I loved that book. And uh, I could read a book like that. Something from my childhood that I remember that would be kind of nostalgic and a, a good happy memory. So do you see what I'm saying? It's like you're finding this good substitute. And then the social media scroll. I mean, there's a lot of things I could be doing instead that are better than that. But the social media scroll, again, is helping me feel like Friendship and connection and whatever, and it actually I'm also using it for a sense of adventure. You know, I watch people that live in California, the people that are traveling, they're living like the van RV life. People that are living abroad, people are going on safaris, travel photographers, all these different things, and it's like a way of living vicariously through other people. So I think for a couple of reasons I'm, I'm on this a little bit is again a false sense connection actually, but a connection. And then also adventure. So, what can I do instead there? I can call a friend. I can send a note thinking of you. I can schedule a coffee date. Again, like these things that what are true connections? Like, what's actually going to help me feel connected to other people? Go for a walk with a friend, meet somebody new, you know, a stranger and get to know somebody and make a new friend. Or schedule a weekend getaway. Go walk on a trail that I've never walked on before. Find a way to get out in the world that's not the norm. All of those things for me can feel like a sense of adventure. And that will hopefully let go of this need to be on social media or scroll through just stuff. I mean, I'm going through TikTok and my Instagram. I'm going through my, I'm even getting on Facebook, if that tells you anything. Going on LinkedIn, if I have to, to get this sense of just, being out in the world, I guess I don't know. So those things are not. They're in, what I'm saying is I'm not saying it can't be on social media because I think everything has balance. But I'm not doing it at a time that's healthy for me. I'm getting on it late at night. I'm getting on and doing it when I'm supposed to be doing something else, like working or going to work out or you know anything. What I learned was the, these replacements. These things are still getting the thing you need and you want, but in a healthier way. And those things I was doing, binge watching, you know, eating foods when I'm not hungry, and the social media scroll, those are low-hanging fruits. And they may feel good at first, it scratches an itch, whatever, but it's really not solving the real issue. And I have to do something that's maybe a little harder, takes a little more time, a little more prep, a little more planning, but it's going to give me what I'm really, truly seeking. And even those things... Like I said before, it may be hard to feel love because I'm having a hard time receiving it. And so I think that a way to get past that hurdle as well is to do things for myself that show myself love. While maybe I'm trying to do these things to feel love, I'm still have like, you know, my hand out pushing people away because I don't know how to receive their love. But what if I started with myself? I think the easiest and first step that I can do is show myself love. And if I can receive love for myself, then hopefully that will become easier for me than to open myself up for love from other people. So what do I tell myself in the mirror? Because if I can't compliment myself, there's no way I'm going to take a compliment from somebody else. I think starting with myself is probably a great first step on learning how to accept love from other people, whether it's, you know, how I speak to myself how I take care of myself, how I eat, what I drink, when I go to sleep, when I wake up, all of those things matter. That's all self-love. And if I can treat myself in a way that will help me feel love for myself, then I believe that it's going to help me receive love from other people. It's just, it's kind of just like working a muscle at the gym. This is building a muscle and it starts with ourselves. This is what I'm realizing is if I degrade myself, if I constantly like I'm self-deprecating, I jack around, I stay up late. I don't eat right. I don't drink the water. That's not loving on myself. So no wonder if I can't even love myself, there's no way I'm going to be able to receive love from other people. So that is what I'm working on right now is recognizing the situation that I'm in And if I'm trying to reach for that low-hanging fruit, I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, hold on a second. What is it that I really need? And let's find a healthier way to do it. So I thought that maybe was helpful to somebody else out there. I'm going through it. I'm learning. Uh, I'm going back to some, you know, old tools that I had in my toolbox. I've been neglecting and bringing them back out. So I'm hoping this helps you as well. Uh, We all deserve love. We all should be receiving love. I'm sure it's freely given to you in your life somehow, some way. And we just have to get past some of these things that are putting up walls that are keeping it from reaching us. And it may be something in your past. It may be trauma. It may be a, a tough relationship with a loved one. It may be a parent situation. It may be you know, abuse from somebody, abusive relationship in your past, uh, you know, a spouse or a a boyfriend or whatever. There's a lot of those things too. And so it's really taking the time to sit down and analyze it and figure out where this comes from and then having tools to help you, uh, get past it and learn from it and heal from it and not let it dictate how you receive love today. So that's what I have for this week just thought I would share that with you, kind of what I'm going through, and maybe it might help you too. I look forward to seeing you next week. We've got a guest coming up next week. I can't wait for you to meet her and we'll talk soon. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you again for being here. I am so grateful for your time. And if you liked what you heard, please head to where you listen to podcasts, rate and review so we can be found by other people please share on Instagram, your social media channels, wherever else you go so we can reach as many people as possible so they can meet these amazing women and hear these conversations. If you'd like to connect further, you can find me over at my website at hallysawyer.com or on Instagram. I'm usually going to be at uh, Hallie underscore Sawyer or The Odd Life, which is this podcast specific Instagram account. All right. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you soon.